to you this morning. Just right in the middle of something that the Lord was saying. Luke 21, verse 26. And, and this is uh, talking about, you know, the Lord's return. The, you know, the whole thing is the signs of the times and the end of the age. And in verse 26, the Lord's, you know, just again, I'm just sort of pulling one sentence, one phrase out of what he was saying. He said, men's, men's hearts fell in them from fear. And the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then he goes on and talks about the return of Christ. And um, what I wanted to talk to you about this morning is about, our, about your heart. And what is, you know, about what is in your heart. Um, you know, Amy was talking earlier about the fear of man being in her heart. She, you know, when she opened, she talked about she didn't do a lot of things in her life because of the fear of man. You know, she didn't finish school because of what, of, of the fear of man. And, you know, just, you know, on a national level, there's a lot of fear in this country right now. People are afraid because of the economy. You know, they're afraid about the economy. You know, what's going to happen with the economy? Uh, they're afraid about, you know, are we going to be in a war? And what's going to happen if we're in a war? You know, so there's terrorism. You know, people are afraid about, you know, being attacked. You know, you know, the nation is on an alert, a higher alert about terrorism. And they're saying the East Coast of the United States is a target for terrorism. And so it's really the times we live in are really are times that, that Jesus clearly told us these things were going to happen. And he, and he said that men's hearts would fail them because of fear. Because people, you know, and this is what you sense, this is what I sense from a lot of people, is people are afraid, and fear will drain you of life. It saps your energy. It really will sap your energy emotionally, it'll sap your energy physically, and it'll certainly sap you spiritually. I mean, it just has this draining effect on people. And that's what you sense on a lot of people, that there's such a fear out there now as people feel there's a lot of people who are just, you know, drained acting, drained feeling. And uh, I believe, you know, that the Lord wants to speak to us about what, what is in your heart. What's in there is fear in your heart. Uh, here's one of the, the verses in the Bible, this, everybody knows this verse. It's Proverbs 4.23. It said, the Lord said, well, the Bible says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Out of, you know, out of your heart springs the issues of life. Out of your heart is, is going to determine how your life goes. That's, that's what it's really saying. It's whatever's in there is going to set the pace for your life. And, and, and then Jesus was talking over in Matthew 12. He says, For out of the abundance of the heart... The mouth speaks out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks. So whatever's in you, it's going to come out of you. Sooner or later, it's going to come out of you. You may be able to hide it, you know, and act proper and act righteous. But if there's anger down inside of you, anger is going to come out of you at the mindless moment that you're trapped in. You see what I'm saying? And, and so really what I want to ask us this morning is to really ask, you know, ask the Holy Spirit to really look into our heart 
and see what's in there. See what's in there. Now, I want you to turn over to John chapter 6. Are y'all with me? John chapter 6. And I want to read verse 33 through 35. And I think this, you know, I think this, this is what God wants to be, what He desires to be in our heart, is, is, is explained in John 6, verse 33 through 35. Okay, verse 33, it says, For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Okay? Now here's the thing. God created man with a need in his heart. In other words... Fallen man has an automatic void in his heart. And God created us like that. In fact, isn't that how really you came to know the Lord? I mean, get all your circumstances out of the way, get everything out of the way, is there was, there was an emptiness in you that you sensed and that you felt in you. You felt that there was a need in you that wasn't being met in life. And that's what ultimately drove you to find God. Is this sense of emptiness, this sense, this void in your heart? Is that is that true for you? That you had a void in your life and you realized you needed something to fill that void, and that void was Jesus Christ. Isn't that really what the Christ, what Christianity really promises us? Doesn't Christianity promise us that if you come to Jesus, that He will fulfill your life, that He will give you abundant life, He will give you the things that you crave in, down deep inside, that, that maybe you've tried everything else to fill that void, and you realize those things did not fill that void in your life? Has that been your experience? That was my experience. I did all kinds of stuff to try to fill this emptiness in me that I, have, that I felt from the time I can remember there was something in me that was not satisfied. And I was looking for that thing to satisfy my heart. And I never found it. And I tried all kinds of things. Like most of you probably tried all kinds of things. You know, you tried drugs. You tried alcohol. You tried to look good. You tried to be popular. You tried to get the praises of men. You realize those things are very fleeting. That they don't fill that void in your life. So God used circumstances in your life and brought you to, to a saving knowledge of Him. And you became a Christian and lived for the Lord, but one day you probably woke up and realized there's still a void in your life. That you realize there's still something missing in your life. So if you was involved in a charismatic church or a Pentecostal church, you tried to have that void filled by getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. And if you could just speak in tongues, you know, that would fill the void in your life. And then you, maybe you got that gift and you spoke in tongues and you did it for years and for a while it felt good and it seemed so refreshing to you, so empowering to you. But one day you were speaking in tongues and you realized there's still a void in me, God. There's still some emptiness in me. Why, Lord? So you, you, you look around and you search for something to fill that spot in you, you know, because it's there. And, and here's the thing about the void. It's like a vacuum in, 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 in the universe. A vacuum demands to be filled. That void demands that it be filled with something. So you look for something to fill it. And, you know, we do all kinds of things to fill that void, even as Christians. We'll do anything to fill that void. Any man would. And so you, you go and you try to find things. And there's a lot of Christians that we would say are not very good Christians because they're trying to fill that void like with their career. 
Yeah, thinking they could have a career and that would fill their voice, that would make them happy, that would finally make them feel good about themselves and good about their life. Or maybe you thought you could fill that void with another person. So you married this real beautiful woman and thought that she could fill the void in your life and you found out she couldn't. Because this is what you found out. That person you married has this void. So you're trying to get a person who has a void to fill your void and they're lacking. And they're craving for something to fulfill them, you know? And so you, you go all over the place and, and, and do it. And, you know, many young people get saved and on fire for God for a while. But when the, when the feelings and the emotions subside, subside, <laughs> subside, they realize there's something in me that's not filled. They realize they feel it. And this void demands that it be filled. So they start trying to fill it with other things. And it creates, a, it creates a lot of trouble in our lives. And, you know, it's, it's awful what the trouble it creates. Um, let me explain these verses a little bit. I think y'all should be right where, where I'm at right now in this. First of all, let me just say this. In the times that we live in, because we're living in perilous times. I'm telling you we are. And, in fact, there's another place where the Lord says, you know, you're going to hear about wars, and you're going to hear about rumors of wars, and you're going to, there's going to be earthquakes in various places. The Lord said, don't worry about it. This is just the beginning of birth pangs. We're just at the beginning of the sorrows that are going to come upon the earth. And that's the age we live in. So those things, the sorrows that are coming upon the earth, the great sorrows, are going to place a great demand on people. A great demand. They're going to take, take place a great demand on your emotions and my emotions and our physical stamina and our spiritual life. They're going to put a demand on it and they will use us up if we're not careful. They will suck every drop of life out of us if we're not careful. All right. In these verses, and this is what Jesus taught me in verse 35. He, he talks about hunger. He uses the word, He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. Hunger and thirst. All right, get this. this is for, I'm going to give you points. Hunger and thirst mean, in these verses, inward dissatisfaction. Okay, that's what they mean. They mean an emptiness in you. That's what Jesus is saying. If you, those of you who have this inward dissatisfaction, those of you who have this void, this emptiness in you, that's what he's saying. And he describes it as a, in the natural terms of hunger and thirst. Now, that's what we're talking about. And he wants to address to us how to get that need met in your life. How to get that void filled. How the Bible tells us how to get it filled. And this is the one thing. If you are in the natural, give up eating for a week. Give up drinking for two days. What's it going to do to you physically? You are going to be drained, right? It's going to be hard to function, right? Because you're not eating, you're not drinking, your body's not getting nourished. And that's what the Lord's talking about. Spiritually, if the Lord doesn't satisfy us, we're going to lose our focus. We're going to get drained spiritually. You see what I'm saying? And He's saying here, for those who come to me and those who believe in me, I'm going to feel that. Because here's what happens. When we don't feel it as Christians, we sense this emptiness inside, right? You can go through one day, one day, 
feeling empty. You sense this emptiness. What happens to you on that day? I'm just talking about what's in you. You struggle that day, right? I mean, when I feel empty, when I sense the emptiness in me spiritually, I have a hard time. That's a bad day for me. I struggle to get through that day. Everything's negative to me that day. It's because I'm sensing there's something in me that's empty. There's something in me that's lacking. And I'm struggling just to get through the day because I don't feel that fullness of God in me. And I just struggle to get through one little day that for whatever reason I may sense that. All right, that's point number one. Hunger and thirst means dissatisfaction inward. Okay, number two. Number two, Christ himself, Christ himself is the only thing that's going to satisfy you. Okay? That's what he said. Now, this sounds really trite. Okay? It really sounds right. But Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me, okay, shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. Now, this, is, this really is the secret to all spiritual satisfaction. It's Christ himself. Now, here's the thing. I think everybody in this room would sit there and say, yeah, that's right, that's right. We would all nod in agreement. But how many of us is that a reality in our life? Because there's a big difference for you to nod in agreement in your mind of what I just said. That Christ himself is the thing that will fulfill you as a person. But how many of us is that a really a reality to? Now, we need to get real about this. Because Jesus said it. I'm the bread of life. If you'll come to me, you'll never feel that emptiness. If you'll believe in me, you'll never feel it. You'll never sense it. It'll never happen in your life. That's what he said. And if it does happen, if you'll turn to me, it'll stop happening. But I don't think us as Christians, that's not how we do it. Because when we start feeling that sense of that emptiness, we don't go to Christ to get it filled. We go somewhere else to get it filled. Is that not the truth? Am I not telling you the truth about your life this morning? Or am I the only warped Christian in this room? Am I the only person in this room who really, when I read the Bible, I find a contradiction in the Bible in my life? Because we need to get real about this stuff. If men's heart are going to fail them, in the last days, think about today. You mean, you know, we're not in a war yet. The economy has not collapsed yet. We're just going through everyday normal stuff that people go through and struggling with that. See, when we touch the Lord, we've touched all that God has ever going to give us. Now, we can pay lip service to this, but I don't want to pay lip service to it. I really don't. I don't want to pay lip service to, yes, Jesus is God's all in all. You know, we used to sing a song, it's all about Jesus. But is it all about Jesus for us? I, you know, people who know me know I like to pick a lot. You know, so if I pick on you, you know I like you and I have a good relationship with people. I don't pick on people I'm not real close to because people knew how I really am. They would be offended at me because I love to pick on people. Most people who know me real close, I have a nickname for them. You know? Some people, I sing this song to them. It's all about you. You know? It's all about me, Jesus. <laughs> For my glory. You know what will happen to you? 
if you really get a revelation of grace, I mean, this is really what grace really will do. For you. you know, I've been talking to you about grace for a while. This is what it really ultimately will do for you. It'll lead you back to Him. That, that's how you can tell if you really have a revelation of the grace. At some point in this time, it's going to lead you to Christ. That's where it takes you to. It doesn't take you to having a better ministry. It doesn't take you to having a better marriage. It doesn't take you to having a better life or any of that. It takes you to Him. We turn over to Romans. Let me read Romans 11. Romans 11. Y'all are awful quiet in here. I used to be an electrical engineer before I became a preacher. Okay? And see, here's the thing. I knew something about God, about electricity. See, I knew somewhere in God's heart there's an electrical engineer in His heart. Okay? I knew somewhere in God there's something in the Bible about electricity. I know there is, God. Because, you know, it is the coolest thing electricity is. Nobody really understands electricity. Nobody on this earth really understands why electricity works the way it does. They can tell you principles behind it, but they don't really understand it. It's a lot like God. But I do know how some circuits work. I can tell you about circuits. Because that's what I used to do. I used to design circuits. And I finally found electricity in the Bible. found just one verse in the Bible. It says this in Romans 11, verse 36. It says, For of him... And through Him and to Him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. You know how an electric circuit works? You have a battery. Let's just use it simply. And there's a wire that comes out of the battery that goes to a, a, a light bulb. That's one side of it. And then the other side of the light bulb goes back around to the other side of the battery. You see, a circuit doesn't work if there's not this flow in it. It has to constantly have a, it has to be closed. It has, that's why when you open, turn the switch back there, the lights go out. It's because the flow has been interrupted. Okay. That says from him, right? That's like the battery. Y'all with me? From him and to him. And what happens in our life, I I feel like this. I'm not really communicating this real well. There's an interruption in our life. Of Him, from Him, to Him. Everybody say, of Him. From Him. Through Him. To Him. See, we start thinking this through us. That's an interruption. That's a short circuit. You know what happens with a short circuit? Y'all got ground fault circuit interrupters in your bathrooms? You know those little things? You mash them. If you got a new house, you got them. And every once in a while, you'll be, your wife will be using a blow dryer, and she'll turn it on, and it's running real slow, and the light's dim. That's because somebody has splashed some water, and the water has caused the circuit to find another ground. It's short, it basically is short now. That's why you got that little thing in there you know, to keep from blowing fuses in your house. 
And that's what happens to us. You know what the Lord told me recently? I didn't want to play on time. This is totally humiliating to me to share this. He said this to me. I give, I'm giving you a chance to get off your high horse. And I realized what he was saying to me then. I realized that I was on a high horse. And it was pride. And he said, you can, get off, you can get off of it voluntarily, or I'll throw you off that horse. <laughs> and you know what? I got off that horse, and it is the best feeling that I have ever had in my life. Because suddenly I realized, I don't have to be. I don't have to be spiritual. I don't have to have the answers. If I was a real handsome guy, which I'm not, I could have, it would have been like this. I don't have to be the best-looking guy in here. I don't have to carry that burden around, trying to be something, strutting around, you know, demanding everybody to do what I tell them to do. You know how freeing that is? When you don't have to demand everybody to do what you want them to do. And... You know, it was just the grace of God, because he could have knocked me off that horse. I wasn't on that horse on purpose. I didn't even think about it. I was on that horse. I thought I was doing what I was supposed to do in my life. But I realized it's full of pride. I'm full of pride, Lord. You know, have mercy on me. He just said, well, just get off the horse then. Get off of it. Quit demanding everything you demand. Quit demanding everybody do it your way, everybody agree with you. Quit demanding they like what you do at church. They don't have to get it. They don't have to require the church to get what you got. They don't have to do it. They don't have to agree with you. They don't have to follow you. It's the most freeing thing. So I don't, I'm free right now. I'm free to tell you this. You don't have to follow me. You don't have to believe a word I'm telling you. You don't have to think I'm a good preacher. You don't have to think I'm a good pastor. It's freeing. Because I don't have to be then. I can just relax about it. You understand what I'm saying? That's getting that, that whole thing. When we begin to believe that anything, that God blesses us through any other means besides Christ, I don't care what it is. If it's worship, well, you know, or if it's the prophetic, gifts of the Spirit, good Bible teaching, if we think it comes through that, we have made a serious mistake. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because those th- it's not through those things. And if I could say, if I could pinpoint one mistake I feel like I've made being a pastor, that would be it. And it is a critical mistake that you think you're going to be blessed through these things, through certain types of teachings, through certain style of worship, through having prophetic ministry, through missions. That's crazy. I'm telling you, that all is a dead end road. Because when we think it's through those things, we've missed the point. It's through Christ and through Him only. And I'm saying missions are wonderful. I'm saying prophetic is wonderful. I'm saying certain styles of worship is wonderful. But it's not through those things. And that's why I'm saying Jesus said, I am 
the bread. It's not those things. You feed on those things, and you try to get life from those things, and you are making a major mistake in your life. Because sooner or later, they're going to drop you. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? I'm seriously, do you really hear what I'm saying to you this morning? You ask the Lord about this. He'll tell you. He'll tell you the truth. Any, any emphasis, no matter how spiritual or good, that takes precedence over the person of Christ will lead to lifeless ritual. It Basically what it does, it turns the flow of power off. It turns it off. So you don't know why, why your spiritual life goes bad? Because you're trying to get something through a method or through a truth instead of trying to get something through this person of Christ. That's why your spiritual life goes bad. You're trying to get your identity by being a missionary. You're trying to get your identity by how you worship the Lord. You're trying to get your identity by how well you preach. You're trying to get your identity from how you look or how, what kind of house you live in. You know, you can be spiritual things or not spiritual things. Your career, your job. Y'all with me? All right, go back to John. Well, let me just say this. I know I'm not really preaching to you this morning. I'm doing more talking than I am to you than preaching. But that doesn't matter because I'm not here to satisfy you and tickle your ears. That, oh, Byron's a good preacher and he has great revelation. I don't care if you think I'm a good preacher or not. Okay? But I do want to tell you the truth. This is the truth. I feel like the Lord gave me five messages to give this church. The first one I gave was back the last Sunday of, of last year. And, and I talked to you about the all-sufficiency of Christ. How Christ meets all five of the basic human needs we have. You know, about your sin problem, your health, your finances, relationships, and death. And I'll share with you out of Mark 5 how Christ answers all those five things for the natural man, who we are naturally, and how he'll meet you there. And then I gave you three messages. I gave you a meth- meth- message, method, message on Christ the way. Remember that? That the way that Christ is the way we live our Christian life. He is. It's not us, it's Him. We let Him live His life through us. We exchange our life for His life. Then I gave you a message on Christ the truth. How Christ, that information about Christ is, is not going to change us, it just informs us. But Christ Himself is revelation. That's what real truth is, it's Christ Himself. And then I gave you a message last week about the life of Christ and how Christ shares His life with us. That the life He has is the only life there is. And then I gave you four dimensions of that life. Four dimensions, you know. Remember what they were? There was power, power to do, energy to do, authority to do, and strength to bind the devil. And those were like the four things that worked in Christ when He was raised from the dead. And then I feel like the Lord gave me this message about Christ being the bread of life. And it's all about Christ. Every one of those things is really for us to really see that Christ is not only our foundation, but Christ is the building. And anything else 
in our life that takes us away from that, if anything else that cuts us off from that, is not going to work in your Christian life. It's just not. That's why Paul said, I preached Christ and Him crucified to you. I didn't preach anything else to you. I preached this person to you. Remember I said that Christianity is the only religion that offers us a person. And that's the thing that's going to change our lives. That's the thing that's going to make a difference for us. All this other stuff is not going to do it. It's got to be Christ. Now, I feel like, in a way, we pay lip service to that. We say yes to it, but we don't live it. And I guess my thing is, is I am not willing to pay lip service to it anymore. I want it to be real in my life, God. If this thing is real, let's get with it. If Christ really is the center, why do I feel empty in my life? Because you said, I'm the bread. And if you'll come to me, you'll never hunger. Why am I empty and hunger, God? You should get up and storm heaven over that. That's what you should do. You should say to God, listen, this is what the Bible says. This is not my experience. There's a chasm between my experience and the Bible. Now, God, either you show it to me or you can have this Bible. I'm not going to throw it. I have been known to throw Bibles. You see what I'm saying? Let's place a demand on God. Let's place a demand on Let's say, God, I'm empty. Why am I empty? The Bible does not declare that. It says, if I'll come to you, I'll never be hungry. And if I will believe in you, I will never thirst. But I have this emptiness in me, God. Why? Why do I have this emptiness, God? Why do I feel this way? Why do I want to get into other things to feel this need in my life? Why do I? Because, the Lord said, because that need in you demands that it be filled. And if you don't come to me, you will go to something else. And that's why you're going to other things, to get this need in you, because I created the need. I created the void. And I created a void that absolutely requires it to be filled. It will not be quiet until it's filled. So young men and old men, they have this need in their life. 